Today's podcast is called Being Real, and our scripture is John 16, 33. I have told you these things that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. This is Cindy Whitman with Restoring the Foundations. So have you ever been at a gathering and the host asked everyone to share what was going on in their life? Their purpose, of course, is to catch up and to pray for each other. There's nothing wrong with the purpose, but what often happens is that most people only share the positive, wonderful things that are happening in their lives. If someone gets real and says, I've been having a really hard time, the season is difficult, the response is often crickets. No one knows quite what to say. I'm sorry kind of sounds lame. Or we'll pray for you sometimes sounds lame and condescending. And are they really going to pray? Personally, I think we need lessons on how to share that life is tough and how to respond to others when they're vulnerable and authentic. Just because you admit that things aren't going well doesn't mean that you've lost your faith. It doesn't mean that you're ready to jump off a cliff. It doesn't mean that God isn't faithful or trustworthy. It doesn't mean that you're abandoning your faith or your relationship with God. It simply means that the current circumstances in your life are difficult and you're struggling. You know, I'm a pretty black and white person. When things are tough, I'm not going to give you a fake answer. Frankly, it's nauseating to me when people go into a religious response, when you know things are not going well in their life, and they say something like, I'm chosen and highly favored. Well, we are chosen and highly favored, but even kings and queens have bad days in challenging circumstances. In my opinion, there's nothing wrong with admitting that even though you're chosen and highly favored, that life isn't too great right now. Not denying or, or just not even admitting that life is challenging. One of the things that the younger generations are longing for is authenticity and vulnerability. Religion drives them away from a relationship with Christ and from wanting to go to church. We need to be able to share with the younger generation that we too have problems and issues that we're dealing with. It's not wrong to share, it's how we share. We need to give them the tools needed so that when they go through tough times, they'll know how to navigate rather than thinking, oh, I can't share or I shouldn't share. It sometimes takes time for our thoughts and emotions to align with the truth of God's word about our circumstances. You know, I grew up in a home where the message was Christians don't have problems. That was inadvertently taught, but there would never have been a consideration about going to counseling, marriage counseling, or family counseling, or anything else. Admitting that there were problems in the family just is something you didn't do. On the outside, we were the perfect Christian family. On the inside, much different story. It was also a place where expressing emotions was not allowed. So guess what? I learned to bury my emotions. Maybe you can relate. I got really good at it. I actually had my black belt in not showing emotions. The benefits for my kids were that when they were growing up, I didn't freak out when something bad happened. The negative was that I also didn't show great excitement when they did something well or were celebrating. I thought that having little emotions was normal, and I also thought that there was something wrong with highly emotional people. 
Through the process of RTF integrated approach of ministry and getting my heart healed, I now feel things. I'm not super outwardly emotional, but I do feel deeply. So if someone asks me, how are you? You're going to get a real response. I'm going to be authentic. Most times it's going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to give you a Christianese religious response. I just can't do it. I know that might surprise some of you that a person in leadership role would admit to having a bad day or a bad week, but it's a reality. It happens. Sometimes the process of dealing with your emotions is what God wants to address. The process of getting rid of the negative feelings and emotions opens the door to God's healing. Sometimes that process is longer than one healing session or longer than a day. It depends on the situation. It depends on the person. It depends on the wounding. It depends on where we are in our healing journey. I believe 100% in identifying the lies that we're believing, getting rid of the negative emotions through his time of healing, evicting the enemy any place that we've given him access. However, sometimes that process takes time. We can't rush our healing, and we can't rush the healing of others. We can only cooperate with it. Now, if you stay in a challenging place for years, then that's a problem. I'm just talking about giving yourself and others time to heal. We normally don't heal instantaneously from surgery on our physical bodies, nor do we heal instantaneously in our emotions and our hearts. Let's take a look at Psalms. One of the things I love about David is how real he was. He didn't say, oh, wait a minute, someday people all over the world are going to read this and they'll know about my struggle, so I can't be real. I have to tell them that I'm chosen to be the future king of Israel. I have to deny or ignore the fact that I'm being chased by my enemies all around and that I fear for my life. No, David poured out his complaint. He was real with God. We really don't know what David's response was with his men, but I kind of doubt that he was denying his circumstances. After all, he was running from Saul and he was hiding in a cave. So what do we learn from David? We learn that we can be real with God. When you look at the Psalms, you see David's process. Now, we tend to read through a psalm thinking the process of going from the pit to praising God all happened during his morning quiet time, that he went from the struggle to the victory in the length of the time that it took us to read the passage. Well, I don't really think that's realistic. You know, if you look up Psalms 142, listen to the desperate place that David is in. There's no refuge for me. Nobody cares about me. I am very low. David is expressing how he feels. Is it true? Well, it's true to David in that moment. How a person's feels is how they feel. They may feel like they're alone, even though they're surrounded by people. They may feel like nothing is ever going to change. Those are their feelings. Our feelings don't always tell us the truth about our circumstances, but nevertheless, there are feelings. Denying our feelings or burying our feelings isn't walking in freedom. Acknowledging how we feel pouring out our complaint to God, and getting our hearts healed allows us to see the situation more clearly. When we listen to the truth that God has for us and begin to declaring the truth, His truth, into our situations, our circumstances may not change immediately, but as we declare His truth, we are shifting our thinking. We are reminding ourselves of who He is. We recognize that even if we can't do anything to change our circumstances, that He is at work behind the scenes. As we declare His truth, our emotions begin to align with the truth of what God says about our circumstances. You know, a few years ago, we had some very challenging things happen. 
there were three difficult things that happened right in a row. All of them were out of our control. Two of them were very personal attacks from friendly fire. In other words, they were Christian friends. The Lord gave me a picture of what happened to me. In this picture, it was like I was in a boxing ring. The first opponent came into the ring and beat me up. I kept in the fight. The battle landed me on the mat, but I got back up fairly quickly. The second attack came, and it was equally as painful. I got knocked out in the picture, and I got up off the mat, but more slowly this time. When the third opponent came into the ring, I was beat up, I was tired, and I was injured. I was still wounded from the other attacks. When the attack came, I was knocked to the mat. I wanted to get up, but I just didn't have the strength. I laid there on the mat defeated. In real life, that's really what it felt like. By the third attack, I didn't have the strength to get up. I was beat up, tired, and I couldn't see clearly. For the first time in my life, I found myself battling with depression. Oh no, should I really say that? I mean, what will people think? Will I be discounted as a leader for acknowledging my struggle? Unfortunately, those concerns are too real for many of us. Thankfully, my season of depression didn't last long. I was willing to share with my husband and friends my struggle, and they prayed for me. I was able to get out of bed and get back in the game. But honestly, it took me a couple of weeks. You know, it might have taken somebody else two months. Might have taken them longer. In that season, I sought healing for my heart. I addressed the generational pressure of depression in my bloodline. Although I'd been through an intensive RTF ministry, I had never dealt with depression because previously I hadn't addressed it. It wasn't something I'd struggled with. My ministers had enough other things to address in my life, so depression didn't make the list. In my healing process, I identified the lies I was believing because of those circumstances. I took my pain to Jesus, and I got healing, and then I commanded the enemy to leave me alone. That's how the integrated approach of RTF works. Getting heart healing is good, but if there's still lies at work, it leaves the door open for the enemy. If the generational pressure is still operating, then the tendency to go back into the struggle remains. Dealing with all four areas in an integrated way is what works and lasts as long as I continue to stand in my authority and keep the doors closed. I would suggest that we need to have grace for one another. We need to acknowledge that struggle isn't wrong. It isn't sin. It isn't even weakness. Struggle is a part of life. At times, our struggle is spiritual, but sometimes it can also be a chemical imbalance, a hormonal imbalance, or just the accumulated pain of this life that is catching up with us. There is a lie that a lot of people believe. The lie is that showing your struggle somehow means that you're failing as a believer, that asking for help is failure, that if you're a leader, you really can't even admit your challenges. When we believe those lies and spread them by our attitudes, we keep our leaders and our friends and others in bondage. We prevent them from reaching out and getting the help they need. We all know of Christian leaders that have fallen into sexual sin or sin in other areas. What if those leaders had felt safe enough to share that they were struggling? What if their churches would care more about their healing than about the Sunday morning attendance and what it would look like? Instead of being able to be real and not fear that they would lose their job, maybe they'd actually get healing and not step into those sinful circumstances. Okay, so I took a big leap about not talking about sharing your true emotions and stepping into sin. But let's think it through. 
Most sin starts with a struggle. Loneliness can lead to pornography. Being lonely isn't necessarily a sin, but if we wallow in self-pity and we isolate ourselves from others, it can be, and it opens the door to our vulnerability. Walking in unworthiness and shame can lead to sexual sin. Living in rejection can cause us not to fulfill our calling and destiny. Can you think of any sin area that doesn't begin with some kind of struggle? If we can admit that struggle before we step into sin, wouldn't it be better? However, we, and I'm talking about the church, have to be willing to accept people where they are. We don't need to judge them from sharing the reality of their current circumstance or situation. You know, a couple of years ago, we were at a major Christian conference with leaders from all over the world. One of the main speakers was a leader in that church and in their network. During his message, he shared that he had struggled with depression in the past. His struggle had lasted not a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but a couple of years. I was amazed at a couple of things. One, that he would share it with such a large setting. Two, that he was still serving at that church that he had been at when he had been stuck to the couch and couldn't get up. This said to me that his church stood by him and walked with him in love and support through his struggle, through his depression. Now, I don't know the details intimately, but my respect for that church and all the leadership increased. I was already a big fan, but their vulnerability and authenticity made me honor and respect the whole organization even more. So what's the bottom line today? I would say it's be real. If you're struggling, be honest with yourself and with others. Get help that you need. Of course, use wisdom when you're sharing. Share with those that are safe. Share as Holy Spirit leads. Be intentional about getting your heart clean and free from hurts. It's not just about getting healing from the past, although that's critical. It's also about living a lifestyle of freedom and dealing with things as they come up on a regular basis. Living a lifestyle of freedom takes intentionality, but it's well worth it. The second bottom line thing is be grace-filled when others have the courage to admit that they're struggling. Be empathetic and supportive without being religious and condescending. A hug or a thank you for being real and sharing your heart is really much appreciated. The last thing that somebody needs when they're going through a tough time is for someone to quote a scripture to them like Romans 8, 28. Now you know that all things work together for good to those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Is that scripture true? Well, of course it is. It's absolutely true. But that's not helpful to the one who is in the midst of their struggle. They'll get to the place, if they get healing, that they can see that God's going to use their difficult circumstances for his good, for their good and that they are called according to his purpose. The truth is, we will have struggle in this world. Trouble is a part of our lives. He has overcome, and we are overcomers. But sometimes there's a storm before we experience the peace that passes all understanding. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you gave us pictures of real people in the Bible who struggled with challenges that life brings. Thank you for telling us that we would have troubles. Thank you for the brave leaders that are willing to be vulnerable and authentic about their own challenges. Thank you for reminding us that those in trouble would find peace, your peace, your shalom. It's not a peace that the world understands. Your shalom is far deeper. It is wholeness, prosperity, rest, completeness, and well-being. We invite you into every area of our hearts. 
Lord, teach us to give our complaints and hurts to you. Expose any lies that we're believing and show us your truth. We invite your healing presence and power in our lives. We know, Lord, that you promised that you would complete that which you you have begun. We choose to cooperate with you. Thank you that you came to heal our broken hearts. You knew that we would hurt, and you provided the healing that we need. And our declaration today, I declare that I will intentionally live a lifestyle of freedom. I will be intentional about getting my heart healed. I will ask Holy Spirit to identify the lies I'm believing. I will cleanse my bloodline, and I will take the authority given to me and command the enemy to back off and to leave me and my family alone. Thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast today. If you find yourself in a position where you say, you know what, I recognize I have some wounded places in my heart and I need some help. I want to encourage you today to take the step to reach out to Restoring the Foundations and to meet with one of our ministry teams and to get the help that you need. You won't regret it. It is a life-changing time that you will have with that ministry team. And most of all, as you encounter Father God in new and fresh ways. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.